One of the awesome things about this right here is that this is a living word. How many of you know that this Bible right here is a living word? Yeah? That means many things. One of the things that means is that in addition to us reading the Bible, sometimes the Bible reads us. I suspect that's going to be what happens today. God has something to say to us today, and he is not going to be holding back any punches. He's just going to let us have it today, okay? The word's going to read us. We're continuing in our series in wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. wisdom. We're camping out largely in the book of Proverbs. This is our second week in this series. What we said, if you go to the next slide, is that wisdom is knowing what to do in any particular situation you find yourself in, knowing how to get it done, knowing when to get it done, knowing with whom to get it done, and importantly, you have to follow through and get it done. That's what wisdom is, a working definition. It's that ability to apply the truth from God into your life. Make sense? Wisdom helps us get the most out of the life that God has created us to live. I don't know about you. I want to make the most of this life I've been given. Do you want that for your life? Wisdom helps us do that. And as we continue along today in our exploration of this concept of wisdom, we got a lot of ground to cover. And we're going to be talking about how, according to God, when you read the book of Proverbs, you see three kinds of people. Three kinds of people, all kinds of people all over the world, but in God's eyes, you can kind of break people down into those few categories, three categories, and here's what they are. I want you to repeat after me, okay? Wise people, foolish people, wicked people. Say those with me again. Wise people, foolish people, wicked people. That's what we're going to explore today. And the reason we're doing this is not so that you can look at yourself or others and put them in a box, right? Hey, you're this, and that's all you'll ever be. Well, no, people can change, right? As a matter of fact, we can all slipstream in between all three of these categories at any time. Even if you're what God would consider to be a wise person, you still can do things that are foolish. Sometimes you might still have thoughts that are wicked. So it's not just a matter of putting people into a box. It's also not to say, hey, if I'm wise, I can puff myself up and, and be feeling really good about myself. No, it's not about exalting yourself. It's also not, the point of this is not if you're classified as what God would say is a foolish person, not that any of you would have that, of course. The, the point is not for you to get offended and kick dirt around and leave in a huff and never come back. The purpose is not if you're a wicked person to sink in despair and go, oh my word, there's no hope for me, I'm too far gone. No, the reason we're doing this is that all of us can identify where we are right now in our lives. I'm not talking about where you were at 20 years ago. Where are you right now? What kind of things are visible in your life right now? And as a bonus, what do the people in my life demonstrate? the people that I'm close to, my friends, my family, what kind of people are they? It's going to be large, just warning you. So buckle up, we'll get our big person pants on here, and we'll begin by talking about wise people. I want to give you 11 characteristics of what God considers to be a wise person. Again, this is not a perfect person, because that would be none of us, but here's what God says about what a wise person looks like. Number one is this. If you're taking notes, I apologize. There are many of these. Number one, a wise person walks with God. They walk with God. It says in Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways, how many of your ways? In all your ways, acknowledge him. We talked about that verse a couple weeks ago. That means in every area of your life, in all of the things that you do, in all of the affairs of your life, you involve the Lord. It's not just your sock drawer. It's he's the Lord over your whole life. And that's a relational word, right? It's that relationship with God. There's lots of good worldly wisdom and principles out there. The one I just thought of is red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky at morning, sailors take warning. Okay, that's helpful if you have a yacht or a sailboat, which I do not. 
Okay, take that into account. That's wise in a way. But true wisdom, we said this, true wisdom pertains directly to God. Right? You, 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 there is no such thing as true wisdom if God is left out of the equation because it comes from God and it exists to bring us closer to God. So, you need to be walking with God if you're going to be a wise person. By the way, I'll say this too, just to maybe offend somebody. Just because you're a believer doesn't automatically make you a wise person. You got the salvation part right, which is good, but it's defined by your ongoing actions too. Wisdom is. So just because you're a Christian, don't think, oh, I'm good, I can check out from the rest of this sermon. Oh, no, you cannot. Okay, lots more to come. But wise people have that hallmark. They have that relationship with God. God is involved in all areas of their life. Got it? Number two, characteristic of a wise person. They know, they value, and they live by God's truth. Right here. It says in Proverbs 3, verse 1, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Proverbs 3, 3, bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. You know what that means? It means you actually make use of this in your life. I know a lot of Christians. I was this Christian for years. If someone asked me what I thought about the Bible, I'd say, oh, it's God's word, which it is. I would say something like, oh, it's, it's from God. It's this divine word from God. It's truth for life. It's our final authority on matters of doctrine and life and practice, all that stuff. I said all the right things, but guess what I didn't do? I didn't use this in my life. There's a problem there. Like, it's not enough for you just to affirm the validity of the Bible, which you should do. I hope that that's what you believe the Bible is. But you've got to be making use of this thing. You gotta be open in this thing. You gotta be reading this thing. And, and not just reading it, but, but soaking in it and applying it to your life, right? This is a person, a wise person is someone who is involved and invested and engaged in the word and is seeking to grow in their application and their understanding of the word. Make sense? All right. Number three, characteristic of a wise person is this. They're humble enough to listen to advice. Somebody says, I think this just went off the rails for me. That's what it says in Proverbs 12, 15. A wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 13, 1. A wise son hears his father's instructions. Proverbs 13, 10. With those who take advice is wisdom. You see the pattern there, right? Because here's the thing. Even if you're super wise, even if you know a super lot of stuff, you don't know everything. Sorry to burst your bubble. And even if you did know everything, you don't do everything all right all the time, okay? All of us struggle and stumble in things. All of us have blind spots too. There are areas of your life that you might not even see that there's an issue. And God will put people in your life who can see that. And that's humbling. And sometimes those people will say to you, hey, I love you. They'll say it in a really nice way. But did you realize in your life that this is going on? Or in your life, I think this is something you ought to do. That's a gift from God when he gives us people like that, by the way. I hope you have people like that in your life. But a wise person says, oh, wow, thank you for telling me that. I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to think about that. I have a feeling you're right. I'm, I, I want to like, take this to heart and use this advice you've given me and this word you've given me. That's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes it's, I didn't ask for advice. In our house, one of the things, one of the lines we throw around is, I, I'm not looking for feedback, we'll say. <laughs> but a wise person is humble enough to listen to advice. All right, number four, characteristic of a wise person. They're discerning about who they get close to and who they spend time with. It's super important. Who you hang out with matters. Who you do your life with matters. Because it's so easy. If you have good people in your life, they can build you up. If you have people in your life who are not good people, none of us are good, you know what I mean. People that are destructive or whatever, that can bring you down. It says in Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous chooses his friends carefully. Right, they take this seriously. Is that a person that I want to hang out with? Is that a person that I want to spend time with? Proverbs 1, verse 10 and 15, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Do not walk in the way with them. In other words, don't spend a bunch of time with them because bad company can corrupt you. 
your closest friends, the people that you have closest to your heart in your life can either be a blessing or a curse to you. They can either sharpen you or they can sink you. So a wise person is discerning about who they spend time with and who they're close to. Number five, a wise person thinks through their decisions. Just saying. Proverbs 14, 15, the prudent gives thought to his steps. So a wise person, when they're facing a decision or a crossroads or they're uncertain, they don't just shoot first and ask questions later. They spend time in prayer. They pause. They seek wise counsel. They make a budget. All of these things. That is a characteristic of a wise person in the sight of God. Number six, a wise person, according to God, is generous. Somebody say generous. generous. I'm not talking just about money. I'm, what I'm talking about involves money, but it's more than that. A wise person is generous first with God. It says in Proverbs 3, 9, to honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with the first fruit of your increase. It's th- a wise person's mentality is this. They say, God, everything I have comes from you. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Without you, I have nothing and I am nothing. And as a thank you, as a response to all that you've done for me, I want to pour myself out to you. We already sang, like, I will build my life upon your love. That's what we're talking about. It's generous with God, and it's also generous with other people, too. You look there on the screen, Proverbs eleven twenty five. Whoever brings blessing, if you bless other people, you yourself will be enriched. Whoever waters will himself be refreshed. You see that? That's how it works in God's economy. Proverbs nineteen seventeen. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. You remember Jesus said, you do this to one of the least of these, you do it to me, right? There it is again. And the Lord will repay him for his deed. We're gonna talk more about this in the coming weeks, but that's God's economy. You are generous with the Lord and you're generous to others. God's gonna take care of you. A wise person knows this and they're not afraid to open their hand and open their heart to people. Make sense? I'll say this too. Wise people are givers, not takers. A wise person goes on the offensive and they say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to serve? Who do you want me to bless? How can I contribute? How can I make a difference? Keep my eyes open. What do you want from me? A taker says this. I'm going to sit here and wait till somebody serves me. It's not wrong to be served. It's wrong if your attitude, though, is I don't want to serve, I just want to be served. And there's a difference, too, between taking and receiving. If somebody wants to bless you, don't say, oh, no, I can't do that because i got to be a giver. No, great, I'll take that blessing. I'll take free babysitting so I can go to the golf course, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> right, I receive that in the name of the Lord, right? But you get my point. Wise people are givers, not takers. They're generous with God and others. Let's move on. Number seven is this. A wise person in the sight of God takes care of themselves physically. 1 Corinthians 6, you know this scripture. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you've been bought with a price. So honor God, glorify God in your body. A wise person knows, hey, this is the shell. This is the frame that I have been given to live my days in, and I want to get the most miles out of this body that I can. Things happen to you physically that you can't control, 100%. But some things you can control. You can control whether or not you take care of yourself, right? And in taking care of yourself, you might prevent certain other things from happening. A wise person knows this, and they take that seriously. Number eight, a wise person takes care of their family. It says in 1 Timothy 5.8 that we should be providing for our relatives, especially for members of your own household. I'm not talking just money, once again. But yes, money you should be providing i'm talking especially not only but especially to the men of the house you ought to be working you ought to be making a check you ought to be putting food on the table for your family women you guys too i'm not singling just the men out but anyway but it's more than just that though are you teaching those in your family are you teaching them what it means to know and love jesus are you modeling what it is to be a follower of jesus to your spouse and to your kids and those who live with you and around you Are you paying attention to those people, sowing into them, investing into them, taking an interest in them, 
right? These are, these are ways you take care of your family. You love on your family, all that stuff. A wise person does that because they know that family is one of the greatest gifts from God in this whole world. Got to take it serious. Number nine is this. A wise person is intentional with their words. It just got quiet in here. Ooh. Ooh. Where's the thermostat? I got to do it's true, and we're going to talk about this in a few weeks as well, but I just threw that verse up there, Proverbs 18, 21. A wise person understands that death and life are in the power of the tongue. The words that you say matter. They're super important. A wise person will harness their words to use them for good and for glor- uh, glorifying God and for good things, godly things. A wicked person or a foolish person does not do that. We'll have a day when we talk about that, just saying. That's coming in a few weeks, but is intentional with their words. Number 10 is this. A wise person is sexually pure, waiting for it to get real quiet in here again. There we go. Proverbs 5.15. We're going to talk about this in a few weeks, too, and I'm not telling you what day it is because I want you all to show up. Proverbs 5.15 tells us this. Drink from your own cistern, your own well. In other words, whatever lot God has given you sexually in your life, stay in that lane. You don't need to be going out lusting after someone that you're not married to. You don't need to be out having an affair with someone you're not married to. You don't need to be watching pornography. That's not the lot that God has given to you. So a wise person takes this area of their life very seriously. We'll talk about that. Look out. Okay, number 11, a wise person is concerned with their legacy. And I don't care how old you are. This is not just for older people. This is for anybody. A good man, Proverbs 13, 22, leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Again, not just talking about money, but yes, money. But what about the example that you set and you leave for people? What about the memories they make with you? What about the things that you've taught for them, to them? A wise person has this concern and this mentality. They say, hey, have I set my descendants up for flourishing and blessing after I'm gone? Just saying. A wise person doesn't just live for today with no regard for the consequences of what might happen tomorrow, but they are investing in and storing up for the future. Make sense? So that's that. Let me sum up the wise person thing. A wise person, by and large, is concerned with their own walk for Jesus, they're concerned with their personal integrity, and they're concerned with building others up. That's really, in a nutshell, what it is. And as you look at those things on the screen right there, here's the question I want to ask you. Every one of us now, I I want you to ask yourself this, not out loud, internally, I want to ask you this. You ask, am I a wise person? Ask yourself that right now, silently. Am I a wise person? And the answer to that is this. You tell a tree by its fruit. Jesus says, wisdom is justified by your children. It's not just a state of mind. If you are a wise person, you'll see these things in your life. Again, not perfectly, not without struggle sometimes, but these are things you start to see in your life. And that tells me, hey, That means you're on track with this being a wise person thing. And if that describes you, yes, it's okay if that describes you. Okay? That's a good thing. And if you're on the track with this, I want to tell you something. God is pleased with you. Keep going. Keep pouring in. Keep seeking opportunities to get closer to God. Keep seeking opportunities to bless others. Keep seeking opportunities for how you can come close to other people and pour into their lives. God is pleased with you. This is what he wants to see in us right here. Next question is this before we move on and I really start to offend you. Probably no one's super offended yet. We can change that in a minute. But the question is this, what kind of relationship should I have with a wise person? And it's very simple right there. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Walks with, that's a relationship term. That means you get close to them. You spend time with them. You're more than just casual acquaintances. If you spend time and have people in your life like that who are wise, it's gonna rub off on you. Supernaturally, that's how it works. So by and large then, a wise person, someone who those things are visible in their life, by and large, this is a safe person. This is a safe person that you can go and ask questions of them and take advice from them, and listen to their counsel. 
because they have a track record of proven wisdom in their life, and you can see the fruit of their actions. It's very simple, isn't it? It makes sense, doesn't it? Yes. I will ask you this do, internally. Do you have people like that in your life? Good. Good. I'm not just talking about going out and looking for someone who's going to tell you what you want to hear, but for someone that's got the track record of wisdom, maybe who's willing to tell you what you don't want to hear. You need people like that in your life. You need it. You have me. Well, just wait for this next part, brother. You just wait now. <laughs> I love you guys, man. Next thing we got to talk about is foolish people. Oh, good land. Help me, Lord. I want to give you 14 characteristics of a foolish person. I'm just delivering the mail, right? A foolish person, number one, there's someone that rejects God. Psalm 14.1 says this, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. You just have that mentality. There's no God. It's a bunch of garbage. Christians are morons, all this stuff. Obviously, that's not the path to godly wisdom, Right? More than that, though, there's a subtle way that we can reject God, too, right? You might have some affinity in your mind. Oh, I believe in God. I believe there must be a higher power out there. That's not enough. What Jesus is calling us to do, like we sang earlier, is build our whole lives on him. Not just believe that he might exist. Or, or even we do this thing as Christians, too. I am a believer. I do believe in Jesus. But sometimes he confronts us with something and we say, I am unwilling to do that. Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. Foolish. Foolish behavior. We all do it in some manner, but a, a foolish person rejects God. Second one dovetails right in with this. The second one is this. A foolish person will blame God. They blame God. God loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. And by and large, by and large, I'm generalizing, it's not the Lord usually that causes our issues in our lives. It's not like God has put it this way. He's not sitting up there in his lazy boy chair going, how about some trouble for you and some trouble for you and I'll mess with you. And it's not really how God operates. Not usually. The vast majority of the time. Yes, there's demonic forces at play and there's our flesh and all this stuff that's at work. But generally speaking, like God is not the one that causes our bad things to happen. But look what it says in this verse right here, Proverbs 19.3. When a man's folly, that means foolishness, brings him to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. In other words, listen now, sometimes the mess you get in is because you put yourself in it. And a fool, when they get in that position, will say, God, how could you? And God says, don't look at me, I didn't do that. foolishness number three i gotta keep rolling here number three a foolish person wastes time ouch is right proverbs 12 11, he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense i think that key word there is follows Right? You, you are diving in. You are spending time. You are giving of yourself towards something that is completely worthless and doesn't add anything to your life. I'm all for relaxing. Take a day off. Take some time. Just veg out. Nothing wrong with any of that. But listen, if you get into your life and what you realize is, oh, I just scroll through my phone all day. Just watch YouTube all day. I play games all day. I'm on Facebook all day. I watch TV all day. I sleep for three quarters of the day. It's when it gets to that stage. That's foolish. Because listen to me, time is such a precious gift from God. God gives us lots of gifts. And a lot of them can be replenished. God give you money, you spend the money. God can give you more money. But listen to me, you can't get back time that you spend. You've got to use it wisely. Don't sit there and waste your days. They're a precious gift from God. You got that one. Number four, a foolish person loves to draw attention to themselves. 
Proverbs 30, verse 32, if you have been foolish, exalting yourself, right? You want everyone to notice you. You want everyone to pay attention to you. This is the person who, this is the person who you're having a conversation and they come in on the side of the conversation. You're talking about the weather. You're talking about sports. You're talking about work, whatever. And at the first opportunity, they make it about themselves, talking about the weather. Oh, that reminds me, yesterday I did this thing and it was nice out and here's what I did with my kid. It's like, we're not talking about you. Look what it says. This just ministers to me. If you've been foolish, exalting yourself, put your hand on your mouth. In other words, shut up. Just stop. Just stop. Listen, okay. You can't be legalistic about this. This doesn't mean it's wrong for you to ever talk about yourself. Or I had this really funny story about myself, but I guess I can't say it. No, there's a time and a place. But don't be the person who at every opportunity, or even when there is no opportunity, you just yank the conversation back to you. It's not about you. Come on now. That's what a fool does. Number five is this. A foolish person will blow up. They just blow up. Particularly emotionally. Proverbs 12, 16 says the vexation, that's a cool word, vexation, write that one down. That means the state of being annoyed or frustrated, which by the way is not a sin in and of itself. You can get annoyed, you can get frustrated. Jesus did those things. But this says the vexation of a fool is known at once. In other words, the, the second, the millisecond a foolish person gets frustrated or annoyed, you can tell. You can read it on their face. It's in their body language. Usually it's in their verbal language too. And it's like there's no filter. You go from zero to 100 just like that. It's like you were fine and now you're super annoyed. What happened? Well, that's foolish behavior. And look at Proverbs 29, 11. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. Whatever you think, you say. However annoyed you are, that comes out of your mouth. You just unleash. There's no filter. There's no self-restraint. That's foolish. Foolish. Number six is this, a foolish person is self-righteous. Somebody say self-righteous for me. This is the mentality where, hey, I'm right, my ways are right, my opinion is right, my experience is right, and my opinion is more right than yours is. So it's all about me and what I think, and I'll belittle you and what you think. That's what self-righteousness is. It says in Proverbs 13, 1, a fool a scoffer, rather, does not listen to rebuke. This can play itself out practically a thousand different ways. Somebody says something to you, maybe to correct you, because self-righteous people love to be experts in everything, right? Even if it's something you have no idea what you're talking about. And someone might correct you, and a scoffer says, bah, they won't hear a rebuke, because they're right. They don't need to be told they're wrong, because obviously they're not. They usually are. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. So I'll give you a story from my life. Let this minister to you. Years ago, we all still wrestle with this. I was an incredibly self-righteous person. I thought I knew better than everybody else. Everyone else was here and I'm here. And I remember one night, I was probably 18, 19, let's say, and I was texting with Lori and I was saying to her, oh, I have a little bit of a headache tonight. And she said, very nicely, oh, did you take anything for it? I said, oh, yeah, I took a Tylenol. And she said, did you take any Advil too? I am no medical expert. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff, right? I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not a whatever. But I knew in my mind, I said, you, you can't do that. You can't take Advil and Tylenol together in any dosage. And Lori said, oh, well, actually, you can. Like, I mean correct dosage, you got to be safe, but you, you can do that. I said, that's garbage. You're wrong. You're wrong. You can see where this is going, right? So this went on a few texts back and forth, and I was convinced I was right. Did I have any knowledge or expertise? No, but I was right. Lori was wrong. And that's what she said to me politely, still polite. She was great through all this. I was an idiot. She said, Braden, my mother is a registered nurse, has been for many, many years, knows all about this kind of thing. You can take Advil and Tylenol together in the proper dose. It's not harmful. 
And I think that was the end of the text conversation for the night. I don't think she was talking to me. She got super annoyed, rightfully so, because I was being an idiot. Super, super annoying. You can't reason with someone who's self-righteous. And that's how it manifests itself at best. At best, if you're self-righteous, you're just super annoying and no one wants to hang out with you. But at worst, it manifests itself deeper than that. It manifests itself in, well, what do I need God for? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm right. I'm fine. What do I need God? To need God, I mean, that requires me to say that I have issues and problems and I'm not right. That's self-righteousness. It runs deep and it's foolishness. Okay, we gotta humble ourselves, friends. Number seven is this. Bit of an oxymoron with number six, but hear me out. A fool believes everything without discerning. The simple, Proverbs 14, 15, they just believe everything. So on the one hand, a fool can be super self-righteous and all they want to believe is what they think to be true and their worldview is just very narrow. But at the same time, a fool can just believe whatever because they read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. This couldn't have any possible application for us, right? And this thing called the internet. Because if you read it on the internet, it's true. No. Good land, no. I can remember when I first started using the internet. When I was a kid, like the world was different then. You didn't really need it as much. We're very dependent on it now. I was probably like 12, and I was starting to surf the web, as they used to say. That's not even a thing anymore, I don't think, but it was surf the web. And I would go onto this one website and play games, just wasting time. Refer back to point number three, right? (laughs) And uh, my parents taught me safe internet usage. They said, Braden, if things pop up, you win a million dollars, you win a prize. They said, don't click on those. If someone asks you for a credit card number, like run the other way. And I, I was fine, and pop-ups did come up and whatever, but one night, I remember, this pop-up came up, and I had won a cruise. Good for me, right? And I believed it, even though I was taught better. I remember, I even called my mom over. I said, Mom, look, I won us a cruise. She naturally was suspicious, (coughs) and she looked at the screen, and I think probably in your mind at least, like this, she said, Braden, you did not win a cruise, it's a pop-up, and please tell me you didn't put my credit card number in onto that, okay? (coughs) Just because you read it or see it, don't just assume it to be true. I dare say, I don't mean this wrong at all, do your homework with this too, like you will find that if you dig in and you do your research into the word of God, it's going to prove to be true and accurate. That's why I'm willing to just put that, that statement onto that. But don't just believe something just because I said it or someone else said it. Research it. Otherwise, <laughs> you just believe everything. That's foolish. Okay. Number eight is this. You guys doing okay? We good still here? I know we got a lot going on, but okay, we'll keep going. I'm doing it anyway. Number eight is this. Here it is. A foolish person is lazy, lazy. Again, does not mean you can never take a day off, you can never put your feet up. No, 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 That doesn't equal lazy. Look at this here. Proverbs 18, 9. Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Right, you, you just, I, you have that mentality of I don't wanna work, I don't wanna step up, I don't wanna contribute, I wanna take the easy way out. That is not God's heart for you. How would you like it if God took the easy way out on you? Just saying. He didn't have to save you from your sins. He didn't have to come. He didn't have to die on the cross. He didn't have to go through all that for you. He went the extra mile. Obviously, he's God. We're not. But like, is that our mentality? Or do we just look for the easy path, the, the path of least resistance? Proverbs twenty one twenty five. the desire of the sluggard, another good word. The Bible's full of them. The desire of the sluggard kills him for his hands refuse to labor. See, that's, that word, it's a good word, isn't it? Sluggard. But it's true. Like if your heart is, I just don't want to do anything, continually, chronically, I just want to sit here and let the world pass me by and let other people serve me and I'll let the government pay for everything. Listen to me, not God's heart for you. Not God's heart for you. He put you here to be a productive kingdom worker, a productive part of society, productive part of the church. Just saying. I'm just delivering the mail, I'm telling you. I don't see any, like, objects ready to be flung at me. Okay. Number nine is this. A fool is reckless. Somebody say reckless. 
That's what it says in Proverbs 14, 16. A fool is reckless and careless. They have this devil-may-care attitude. They shoot first. They ask questions later. They often act or speak without giving it any thought at all. And oftentimes, it comes back to bite them. They harm themselves. They hurt themselves. How many of us have ever said, I wish I had just taken those words back before I even said them? Right? All of us. Right? Also, foolish people, by their actions, will hurt other people around them. This is why it's so important to be paying attention to who's in your life. Because if you have a fool that's there, they're doing their thing. They're probably not setting out to hurt you, but something blows up on them and the shrapnel hits you. Because you're close to them. God doesn't want that for you. They're reckless. Number 10, a foolish person is sexually irresponsible. So we talked about that already. I'll just read to you Proverbs 6.32. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. Yes, that pertains to like an extramarital affair, adultery that way. But you know that also applies to other sexual immorality too. Lust, pornography use. We'll, we'll have lots of fun talking about all those things. But that's foolishness. A person that does that lacks any sense. Number 11. A foolish person picks fights. They just pick fights all the time. Proverbs 20, verse 3. Every fool will be quarreling. Now, sometimes the fight comes to you and you got to deal with it. doesn't necessarily mean because you're in a fight, you're a fool. But if you go around picking fights, you're a fool. And there's a place on the internet where this happens all the time. It's called the comment section. <laughs> it boggles my mind. I'll go and read like stuff about sports, which isn't really that important. And most of us are detached from it altogether except from watching it and following it. The comments get explosive immediately. You're talking about the Maple Leafs, and now it's, I'm going to come and burn your house down, and you're this and you're that. It's like, oh, my land. But people go out there, and they look for a fight. They just look for it. It's both tragic and slightly hilarious, but the point is, don't do that, okay? Don't go around looking for trouble. Don't pick fights. Number 12 is this. A foolish person will talk. They don't listen. They love to do this. They don't love doing this. Proverbs 18, 12. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinion. Because mine's right anyway. My opinion's right. I don't really care what you have to say because I'm right. I'm self-righteous. I don't need to hear you. Now you gotta listen, friend. You gotta listen. Number 13 is this. A fool drinks too much. This one's kind of a little bit of a different nature than all the other ones, but it's very true. Proverbs 20, verse 1, whoever is led astray by alcohol is what? Not wise. Is it wrong to drink any alcohol? No, it's not wrong. Too much. If you're led astray by it, you're impaired by it. It starts affecting your ability to, to make decisions and live your life normally, fully aware of what's going on. That's foolish. Number 14 is this. Just, this is just a blanket one. A foolish person gains knowledge. They know stuff, but they don't act on it. There, Matthew 7, 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine that Jesus is speaking and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. It really does not matter what you know if you're not willing to act on what you know. And I shudder to think there will be people on the judgment day who stand before God saying, well, I knew stuff. I sat in church. I knew a few Bible verses. Did you know Jesus? Did you do anything with what you knew? That's the kicker. I don't care how much you know. God doesn't really care how much you know if you're not willing to do anything with it. So let's sum that up now that we're all nice and offended and angry. A foolish person ultimately is someone who's not really seeking God. They're not really intentional in the way that they live and act. They cause harm to those around them, perhaps by accident. They weren't even, oh, I'm so sorry I hurt you. I didn't mean to. That's what happens with a foolish person. You know what I'm going to ask you next? As you consider that list on the screen, don't answer out loud. Ask yourself this, am I a foolish person? Are there foolish behaviors demonstrated in my life? Well, the answer is probably yes, because we all struggle with some of these, but I'm talking about at large. Does that describe your life? 
Because the tree is known by its fruit, once again. And if the tree is known by its fruit, and that looks like it's describing you, listen to me. God loves you, but he has better for you. What you need to do is repent. Somebody say repent. That means you turn away. I'm going this way, but I'm going to leave it behind, and I'm going to come after Jesus, and he's going to give me something else. Leave your simple ways. Quit wallowing in that. Time to make a change. The other thing you can do, in addition to repenting, you can ask for wisdom, which I love. I love James 1.5. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach. You know what that means? God wants to give you wisdom. God wants you to be wise. You're not asking for something that's not part of his will for you. He wants it for all of us. <coughs> so you've got to repent. You've got to ask God for it. Last thing on foolishness. I know we're going long today, but we're having it. We're here. <coughs> Last thing on foolishness is this. What kind of relationship should I have with a foolish person? Proverbs 13, 20, once again. The companion of fools will suffer harm. Again, companion, that means this, relationship. You're close to them. You're giving that person influence in areas of your life. And if you do that, it will come back to bite you, is what that's saying. It does not forbid any kind of relationship. Notice that. It doesn't say you've got to write off your relationship if you've got foolish people in your life. Sometimes it can't be helped. Don't look at the person you came with today. Where's Lori? She better not say anything. I mean this just black and white. Sometimes you're married to someone who is categorically a foolish person. Sometimes your kids are categorically foolish people. Sometimes people you work with or work for are foolish people. It doesn't mean you've got to sever all of that. It means you've got to be careful and you've got to pay attention. And you can't let them in positions of influence over your life. You love them, keep loving on them, but keep an eye on them to make sure that by their actions they don't cause you harm and bring you down. They're not the enemy but they might just cause harm to you. And the other thing is this too. Don't make it your personal mission to change someone who's foolish either. If the Lord does a work in their heart and they're in a position where they're ready and willing and wanting and desiring to change, step into that. But if you make it your personal mission to just change someone who's a fool and they don't want that, they're not ready for that, they don't receive it, look what it says, Proverbs 26, 4. Answer not a fool in his folly lest you be like him. In other words, you're not going to change them. They're going to change you. You're going to sink to their level. Okay? Not your responsibility to change them, but pray for them that they might seek the Lord and find wisdom. Make sense on foolishness there? We got one more section to go. You guys are doing great. I love you. We got to talk about wicked people. Say wicked people. You need to know that there are wicked people in the world. Just tell you that. Scripturally speaking, none of us are good people. Just toss that out there. No one is good but God alone. But in addition to that, on a day-to-day, -day, on a practical level, there are people who do not have your best interests in mind. In fact, there are people who can cause you great harm on purpose. There are such things as wicked people. And to, to sum up what a wicked person is and does, they take advantage of people. Right? They, they see people as resources to be exploited for their own personal gain. Wise people build others up. Foolish people might accidentally harm others, but a wicked person on purpose does it. You've got to be able to spot them. And you've got to be able to spot it when it's in your own life too. Twelve characteristics of a wicked person— Number one is this. These all dovetail together. Number one is this. They lie in wait for people. Proverbs 1.11. Come with us. Let us lie in wait for blood. That means you are sneaking around. You are waiting and wanting and looking for someone to pounce on. That's what wicked people do. Their antenna's always up. Number two, very similar with that. They ambush people. Proverbs 1.11 again. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. They prey on people who are vulnerable. Right? They prey on people that aren't suspecting it. And they sneak in and they exploit them and cause them harm. There are people like that in the world. You need to know. You need to know it. Number three is this. Similar. They go after the people who are innocent. Proverbs 111. Notice what it says there. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. 
It's not even just that, hey, that person wronged me and they're my enemy and I'm going to retaliate toward them. That's not okay either. But this is, hey, that person never did anything wrong to me. I might not even know that person. They haven't done any, any harm to me at all and I'm going after them. There are some people who are like that in the world. You need to know. <coughs> Number four, wicked people are often motivated by monetary gain. Proverbs 1.13 a wicked person says this, we shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. I don't mean this wrong, but you know what this is? This is telemarketers. I'm actually not joking. These are people who will get on the phone with you and pretend to be someone they're not. I'm the, from Amazon. I'm from the CRA. I'm from Visa. My favorite is they're from Visa. And I go, oh, okay, I only have a MasterCard. Like, what do you want? And they literally will pretend to be someone who they're not. They'll pretend to be someone that's on your side, has your best interest at heart, and literally what they're trying to do is rip you off for your money. That's wicked. That's wicked. Motivated by monetary gain. Number five is this. Wicked people are willing to be violent. They eat the bread of wickedness. They drink the wine of violence, it says in Proverbs 4.17. They won't necessarily just stop on exploiting you in general. They will like literally beat you up or abuse you or, or berate you, beat you down. Literally, there are people who will do that. Like you hear tell of people that get jumped in the street by people they didn't even know. This happens. This happens in our city. There are people like this out there. Number six, Wicked people go around using crooked speech. They're crooked in speech. Proverbs 6.12, a worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, it says. So they, rather than using their words for good and for blessing and building others up, they speak evil. The words they use are crafted and calculated to bring others down, to cause ruin to them. People talk like that. It happens. Number seven, a wicked person will lie to get what they want. This verse here, Proverbs 6, 13, they wink with their eyes, they signal with their feet, they point with their finger. What that's talking about is their body language will be one way. Hey, buddy, how you doing? We're besties, we get along great, I love you, I care for you. Oops, stole your wallet, that kind of thing, right? They will lie to get what they want, which is so dangerous because they'll speak all the words of flattery, they'll say all the right things, but they're trying to get after you and exploit you and take advantage of you. Got to know it. Number eight is this. Wicked people will plot evil. So it's not enough that they just do evil things. It says this. With perverted heart, they devise evil. They will lie on their bed at night thinking of plans, calculating and crafting ideas on how to take advantage of people. Yes, there are people like that in the world. 100% there are. Number nine is this. They will continually try to divide. Somebody say divide. Proverbs 6.14, a wicked person is continually sowing discord. They will speak words to try to cause mistrust between people. How many of you have watched the show Survivor before? Even 20 years ago it counts. Here's what happens on Survivor. And this is a game. This is a cheesy example. But two people will make an alliance on Survivor. And they're trusting each other. And they're close. And they're sharing information. And they're voting together. And this person over here will say, I don't like that. That's going to be hard for me to, beat, to win against them. So what they'll say is, hey, person A, your alliance member said they're going to vote you out. And this person goes, oh, my word, well, I can't have that, so now I don't trust that person anymore. Just sowing discord. Well, guess what? It happens in real life, too, not just in Survivor. People going around speaking bad against you in relation to someone else, spreading bad will, ill will, so they can divide you. People are manipulative that way. Wicked people are. Number 10, wicked people are unjust. Proverbs 28, 5, evil men do not understand justice. They don't care what's right. They don't care what's fair. They don't care if it's not good, societal, normal, whatever. They'll do whatever they need to do to rip you off, to take advantage of you and take you for a ride. They don't care what's fair. Number 11, a wicked person hates what is good. Proverbs 29.10, bloodthirsty men hate the one who is blameless. They seek the life of the upright. There are people that literally, if you're out there seeking a life of wisdom and godliness, there are people who will hate you just because of that. They despise what you stand for. You need to be able to see that. Number 12, here's the catch-all for wicked people. They're proud in their heart. It's a matter of pride. 
Proverbs 21.4 says, Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked. In other words, the way that the wicked see the world is with a proud heart, and it's sinful. They act like they're God, in other words. They act like they're here and everyone else is beneath them. And that I'm entitled then to use those people for my gain, for my justification, for my betterment. Because they're just commodities to be used, not people to be loved and respected. Yes, I can tell what some of you are thinking. Are there really people like that in the world? Yes, there are. You heard it here first. And even if you don't know people like this or know many people like this, here's my question. How many people do you need for this to be an issue? You know what I mean? I don't want one person like that in my life. Here's the question. We'll wrap up soon. Here's the question. Ask yourself this internally. Am I a wicked person? You can tell a tree by its fruit. If these things are present in your life, you need to know something today. God loves you but he will put an end to you if this is your life. It says in Proverbs 10, 9, the wicked will be found out. You're gonna be exposed. You're gonna be uncovered. Proverbs 2, 22, the wicked will be cut off from the land. Proverbs 10, 7, the name of the wicked will rot. God is being patient with you, but if that describes you, the wick is gonna burn out someday. So you need to Repent. If that's you, you need to get on your knees and ask God to cleanse you and change you. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not keep going on the way you're going, if that's you. Don't do it. It's not gonna end well. Last question is this. What kind of relationship should I have with a wicked person? Amen. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. You see the difference between the foolishness and, and the wickedness there. A foolish person, it's, oh, just be careful about them. Keep your eye on them. This is stay away from them. Because who's to say that they're not going to turn on you? Who's to say they're not going to take you for a ride? Oh, I know them. I love them. They would never. They might. They might. Yes, pray for them. Yes, if you have opportunities to love on them, okay. But don't get too close to them. And I'll say, they're not the enemy either, but the enemy has his grips into them. So don't trust them. Don't put them in a position of influence in your life. Let's wrap up. I will say again, the point of this whole exercise, this lengthy exercise, thank you for your patience and your grace today, the point is not for you to put yourself or someone else in a box. No, we can all change, and by God's grace, we ought to be all changing. The point is not for you to get puffed up and proud if you see yourself as wise. The point is not to get offended and storm off and throw a hissy fit if you see yourself as foolish. The point is not to despair and think you're too far gone if you're wicked. Here's the point. We all need Jesus. We all need more of him. We all need him to do a work in our hearts and different areas of our lives. We all have things we need to confess and repent of. We all need more of him. The point in all this is that we all need godly wisdom that comes from Jesus to help us make the most out of the life that he's given us, which is all about him anyway.